The only way to beat a team is by outscoring them. I think that's Havertz's best performance in a Chelsea shirt. A team that don't play over striker have to be feared. De Bruyne to win the Ballon d'Or. Pepe is a body faint merchant. I'm not as mental as Sam is, so I've actually put a defender in there. <laughs> Should stop calling it the Makaleli role, start calling it the Kante role. People like you, challenge. millennials, is the reason why he didn't win at 2018. <laughs> Two fags in each hand. He still save every single shot coming at him. Greatest French striker of all time. Your Foot On It podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Put Your Foot On It podcast. I'm your host Harrison Lane. This week I'm joined by Lewis Blackmore. Hello. Sam Clark. Good afternoon. Jack Guffrey. Hello everyone. And Luis Costa. Hello everyone. This week, we will be covering the Europa League and Champions League semi-final second legs and our France five-a-side teams. We will chuck a couple of subs in there as well. To start with, we'll delve straight into the Champions League and I'm going to go straight to Jack. I want your thoughts on that Chelsea performance from the other night. Oh, honestly, mate. Um, I mean, it was such a good game. I was confident going into it, but I didn't think we'd be as good as we actually were in the game. The first half was a bit tetchy between... Um, both sides um, Mendy had to make two um, unbelievable saves um, in the first half uh, Benzema could have easily had a couple of goals but then that second half we could have easily scored seven and probably should have scored seven um, there were so many chances that we should have scored Kai Havertz could have had three or four Mount should have had at least two like it was just an unbelievable second half performance and we just hit them on the counter-attack every single time. Conte again was absolutely brilliant. Thiago Silva was brilliant. Uh, even though Azpilicueta was our right wing back, he kept Azar quiet throughout the game. Though Azar was probably Real Madrid's best player, even though there's that photo and, you know, everyone in Madrid's up in arms about it. Yes. But he was generally one of their best players. I think he ran the most distance out of any Real Madrid player and the fourth out of any player in the game. And it's just a relief, in all honesty, when that second goal went in. And like you said in the group chat, it just had to be Mason Mount. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he had a brilliant performance. I'm sure Sam is our other Chelsea fan in this call. I'm sure you can delve into a little bit more. I think it's exciting when we could actually say negative things about Chelsea when they beat Real Madrid 2-0 in the Champions League semi-final. Like, it's the fact that if they had that performance but put some of them chances that we had in the back of the net, then we have every single chance against City in the final. So it was just, it, w- it was fun to watch, but also frustrating because we could have won 5-6-0. Definitely. Costa, I'm sure you can um, touch upon the Spanish media's outrage of Hazard a little bit here. Well, yeah, obviously Real didn't have the greatest of games and... That image of Hazard having a laugh with his uh, with Zuma and Mandy was obviously a massive, a great chance for them to cover up the terrible performance from Ramos and every other player on that pitch. And yeah, obviously, <laughs> uh, they, of, of course, they've been waiting two years for for Hazard to get fit, lose weight, 
and so on. And I think Wednesday night uh, was a was a chance to basically say, well, you're taking the piss, as they as they meant as they said in the in the media. And also with um, the experience that Real Madrid had in the midfield and Kante getting back-to-back man-of-the-matches against them, he literally just destroyed them. He just dominated that midfield. Like, that's probably why we're able to attack so well because he was defending, but then he's also starting our attacks and we we're just building off of it. And it was just it was just such a good game. I, I, think, I think also, just to touch on Chelsea a bit more, I, I think that's Havertz's best performance in a Chelsea shirt. If I'm honest, could have got a hat trick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's sort of playing that false nine position now. I, I'd argue, and uh, yeah, he's playing it really well. To be honest, I mean, like I said, he could have had three. So pretty good. I mean, I mean that's that's the habits that Chelsea bought from in the summer. You know, I think that was one of Chelsea's best performances under Tuchel. Yeah, and I mean, they've had some brilliant performances. He's beaten every big manager he's come up against this season or taken a point from them. Tactically, he has changed everything from when Lampard was there. Lampard set a foundation and it was working well. They weren't doing too bad and obviously started to fall away. But the way he's got that defence to work, and like you, like Jack said, I think Thiago Silva, wow. Uh, he, bro- he rolled back the years in that game and he kept Benzema under bay. And uh, we've got a touch on Sergio Ramos rush back too quickly certain players in that Real Madrid team looked really lethargic and it just didn't didn't work quite well for them this would lead into our other semi-final uh Man City PSG I'm going to come straight to you first Lewis what a performance from Man City I mean what a performance from Mares more you know more likely to be honest I mean we said I think we said last week um how underrated Mares has been and I mean I mean look at that game look he showed it didn't he you know and uh yeah, I mean, as much as it was a good performance up front from City, I think it was defensively where they really stood out, especially Ruben Diaz. Wow. You know? <laughs> I mean, all season, people have been saying Diaz. I mean, what a signing. But that he just showed it in that game. He's 23 and he, he's playing like, you know, he's much older than he is. So, uh, yeah, I think it just all round is a good performance, really. And they didn't really give PSG a look in, did they, at all? No, I mean, I think at one point they said that he blocked the ball three times with his forehead from yeah. straight from point-blank shots. He, I mean, he, he was playing like it was the Champions League final, you know? It was. To me, he played like a, a, a very prime John Terry, the way he was chucking his body in front of the ball. And, I mean, he stopped them from getting one shot on target. I believe their last shot on target came in the 28th minute of the first game in the first half, playing against a team that has Neymar, Mbappe, Icardi, Di Maria, Moise Keane, R- Ratti, Paredes. Wait, Icardi mean? played. Well, <laughs> I mean, he was, mate, he was invisible in that first half. Absolutely shocking. I think Jack, you said in our group chat that I don't think I didn't even hear Icardi's name mentioned until the end. No. Of the- oh, what was it? I said something like he'd be the first person to get a negative rating from a keep. Oh. <laughs> honestly though you um he was dreadful though like he he truly was non-existent and uh, when you're coming up against Diaz uh who was in he's been in such good form throughout the whole season you know he, he's really shown like Lewis said he's only 23 and he's showing how ridiculously mature he is and how smart he is how well he controls the defense and th- that's that that's the biggest reason you know this could have easily been 
you know, just an absolute slugfest where it's goal after goal at both ends. But when you take a look at that Man City team, their defence, like like we said with Chelsea, has been drilled so well this season that even though they're probably not going to reach the, the points tallies of previous seasons or it won't be as exciting as other seasons, this team's upgraded its the, the, the weakness that they had in those seasons. And they've won a title in a different way, almost. Obviously, Man, Man United can still just about catch up with them. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. You make a good point, though, because obviously City have won the league before. In other seasons, you'd say, oh, company was the, the centre-back for City. But I don't think we've seen a defensive pairing at City like we have with Stones and Diaz. And no. Yeah, I think it's been the real difference. Diaz has made a £200 million defence look like a £200 million defence. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No yeah. other something like you look at the ones they've had. They've had Mangala, they've had Otamendi. They they have been shocking, and then he's come in and he has completely changed that defense. Well, they finally they finally replaced company, hasn't it? As, as Lewis sort of was stating to them, they finally replaced company. And like I know I know Diaz was a lot of money that they bought him for, but like he's keeping out the likes of Nathan Ake and um, Laporte and stuff. So and him and John Stones have built that solid partnership now. And this is going to help us going into the into the Euros, the way he's nurtured John Stones this season. Even though John Stones is the older man, he's being held under Diaz's wing. Um, we've, we've got to carry on talking about this game. Um, how they lost their head, PSG, once that second goal went in. Oh, my God. absolute dickhead. I just I hate him after his time at United. Then he did the, the bottle that was chucked on the pitch, drinking it on the side of the pitch. Then we beat them. I was happy to see him sent off, but that's the struggle that Poch is going to have with that team. The same struggle every manager has had. No one can control the egos. That, they're not a team. They're a set. They're 11 people with different egos. There's no, there's no team cohesion there. Not like Man City. They showed how they could all pull together. And that from Di Maria was disgusting. I think as well, like you mentioned about the whole team thing. Um, Di Maria lost his head and then Verratti started and like he's like meant to be like their sort of leader as well and he he started like throwing in tackles left right and centre but then there was an instant where um, I think one of the Man City players got tackled and um, I think it's Verratti shot the ball at the guy's head and then Zinchenko went in at him to like yeah. try and protect but that wasn't seen to be a bad thing because he was like protecting his teammates because they have that team bond whereas when PSG were like arguing tackling stuff it was in their ones so it, just, it does just show the difference of the two teams and the way that they are with each other. I personally think they set up wrong against City. They went two attacking against a City team that we know just from watching in the Premier League can ruin a defence of one pass. And that pass comes from De Bruyne. And I'm going to... Yeah. There's a two, two on down coming into the second leg. You've got to attack, don't you? You've got to score. I guess, but it's against a team like that. A team that don't play over striker have to be feared. Because if they're going to score goals against you without having a centre forward on the pitch, it's scary, and that's what Pep brings. To, that's what Pep brings. And a player like De Bruyne, I'll just put one of my awful shouts out there. Maybe a good shout this time. De Bruyne to win the Ballon d'Or. If Man City, if Man City win the Champions League and the Premier League, the season he's had, he he may not stats wise have been Man City's best player because Foden's having a fantastic season. Gundogan, Mares. But I don't think that team would work without De Bruyne. I, I, I think you're right. I think De Bruyne does a lot off the ball, as much as he does on it. I think he brings players like to him. A lot of the time he attracts opposition players to him. 
And I think that opens up the space for players like Foden to really work the magic and also Mares as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure about uh, De Bruyne getting the Ballon d'Or, but um, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't argue against it if he did, would you? You know, I mean, it's a good show. I think it's because he's like a well-rounded player. Like he's he's not fussed about being the person that scores or assists. But like Harrison said, he's always involved, whether that's on the ball to set up the assisting pass or whether it's in defence. Because he tracks yeah. back as well. He, he's just a well-rounded player. So like if you look at it from a, a whole game's point of view, then he probably has got a chance. But I mean, they normally go for, for goals, don't they, really, at the Ballon d'Or, really? Yeah, I'm just going to ask for your predictions now for the final and Jack and Sam I'm going to leave you two to the end Lewis as you're an outside view who do you think is going to win the final yeah see it's difficult isn't it because we've seen Chelsea really perform against City before especially this season and uh, it's really tough to call I mean yeah I'm probably going to say City because I mean look how much Pep has wanted this for so long you know and he's not going to go into it not really caring, you know, he's going to be but all his all his thought on it. And obviously they've nearly won the Premier League anyway. So it's the last sort of big competition. They can't really, you know, they want to lose or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say City. Fair uh, enough. Don't rule Chelsea out, is what I'm going to say. Exactly. Costa, I'll chuck it over to you. Um, It's a final, so anything can happen, first and foremost. And Chelsea's already beaten uh, Man City uh, in the FA Cup. Obviously, I like Pep. I like Man City as a team. So I want Man City to win, but it will come down to the minimal moments and the attitude because it's Man City's first final. So they'll be excited to be there, but they can go with the attitude like, we are here in Istanbul. We're here to... No, you're here to win, first and foremost. And Pep will tell them that. He would have told them that already. So Man City, in my eyes. Fair enough. I mean, can't argue with it. Jack, I'll go to you. Can you add anything to add to your Chelsea prediction? There's the yeah, well, yeah, it is a Chelsea prediction. Um, there's one thing I will add, and that's the last time that we made a Champions League final back in 2012 when we won it. We won it against Bayern Munich, one of the greatest Bayern Munich teams of all time in Munich. We were the absolute underdog, we should never have won that game. Um, but it was just two individual performances, Drogba and Czech, that kept us afloat right through to penalties, and then Drogba finishes off the job for us. Yeah. So, uh, also, like Costa said, we, we have already beaten Manchester City in a knockout tournament this season in the FA Cup. Another brilliant defensive performance from us, and we I think it was a Jorginho penalty that won us the game. Um, but we've got the experience of going to those finals. Yes, it was a long time ago, but I think that could... Uh, play a big part because we know what it's like to be the underdog in a final like this as a club and I think as long as we approach it, 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 it in a good fashion not not the same fashion that PSG approached the semi-finals you know going with complete aggression and frustration when things don't go right if we just stick to the process and you know trust our own players you know if Mount has a world-class game there's every chance, you know, if, if Havertz has a world-class game, there's every chance, you know, it could come down to a couple of individual performances like it did in 2012. But, you know, this is the last thing that that's on Pep's checklist with Manchester City now, isn't it? So that there's absolutely no chance that he he's going to want to falter here. So that's why to come up against Manchester City is probably the worst team you could come up against because they'll be the hungriest team yeah. to, to win the competition. 
Sam, I'll chuck it to you. Obviously, I know you're going to go for Chelsea here. I'll probably go for Chelsea City FC. Probably one of the blue teams will win, I reckon. <laughs> one of Nicholas and Elka's former teams. <laughs> no, I, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna go Chelsea, but it's gonna be it's gonna be no easy game, and we know that. And I mean, over the last few seasons, City have beaten us, we've beaten City, so it just shows that it can go either way because we've both got world class players. I mean, yeah, Pep will be hungry to win it, but it's his players that have to win it for him. So yeah, and obviously. If we go, if we're going on manager, if we're going on managers, um, Tuchel got to the final last season with PSG and lost, so he's going to be fired up to win his this one. So I'm going to go Chelsea, but it, it could definitely go either way. Obviously, I'd be disappointed if we do lose, but I mean, that's what happens in it. I think getting to the Champions League final for Chelsea this season is a bloody good thing to have happened after what's sort of been going on with Frank Lampard and stuff. So it's one of those, it's one of those games that could be a very very exciting nil nil all the way through. And go to penalties. Yeah, and let's not forget. And let's not forget Kovacic. Going off my head, is the only player in that squad that's actually won the Champions League. Yeah, that's true. And he did it three going, times going, on the bounce. On, on top of my head, I think he's the only player he's won it. Well, no, I don't think there's there's not many older people in that Chelsea squad, is there? Really? Well, I mean, you got Thiago Silva at 36, 37, but he's never he, been there. He, he made it. He was last year. Yeah, but I mean, you, you, that counts, doesn't it? Like having Kovacic there with experience, he's got more experience than anyone, so he can probably lead the team talk over Tuchel on on the 29th. Not being funny, he probably will. I'll chuck my prediction out there. Um, I want Chelsea to win because obviously. I think the only Manchester team who should win it is United. But then again, I think I want, I'd like City to win for Aguero. That's the only reason I want them to win. It's his send off. It'll be the final trophy for him to win at City. He said seven years ago, I'm going to leave once we win the Champions League. Could he do it? Could he be the villain? Could he come on at like the 70th minute, score the winning goal and end it on a high? Um, he could. We all know that. Did you imagine? Ninety-fourth <laughs> minute when they're three 0 up, <laughs> just like Man. he did on Tuesday. Not break a sweat. <laughs> he's got an easy, he's got an easy run in now for the for the last like six games of his City career. Pep play him ten minutes per game. Let him get his final minutes in. It it would be nice. I'm gonna say it would be nice to see him lift the trophy. Even as a United fan, I've always liked Aguero. Even after the Aguero moment, but I think to go out on that would be quite good. Oh, that's so we spoke about one United, but one Manchester team. We'll go on to Man United in the Europa League. I'll chuck it over straight to Jack for last night's game against Roma. I mean, it was a very exciting game. Um, Cavani chipped in. Cavani, what was it? Was it seven out of the eight goals that he had a hand in or was it all of the goals he had a hand in, either scoring or assisting? Like, the, the man's just incredible. Like, he's an unbelievable striker and why he hasn't been the more regular starter even when he first came in, you, you know, that raises questions. Um, Roma, it was a good performance from them in, in what was for them the home leg. But... Um, yeah, I mean, Manchester United just, after the first leg, there was that sense that it was comfortable. You know, a four-goal advantage going into the second leg, you know, you've got one foot in the final there, basically. And 
you know, it, I mean, it didn't affect Cavani because he still played like they were a couple of goals down. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Roma still played well. Don't get me wrong. They did play very well. But defensively, there's questions you need to ask um, about the amount of goals over two legs that you're conceding. Though that is the exact same for Manchester United conceding five goals over two legs as well. Maguire was trying his very best to uh, help Roma, I think, last night. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think he was. <laughs> and then Tellers in the end, you know. Honestly, like, I was watching it. First half, we weren't horrendous. We went in 1-0 up at halftime. I thought, ah, ah, it's all right. We're playing easy. We went, at that point of the game, I thought United were home and dry. When they got those two goals in quick succession, my heart dropped. I thought if they carried on playing the way they were, Roma, they were gonna they were gonna score a couple more. And again, they got the Tellers one. It was just lucky that Cavani got another goal. But Tellers and Williams were fucking dreadful. They come on for Wan Bissaka and for Luke Shaw at halftime, and the game the the game dropped. There was no out ball. Maguire and Bay were under so much uh, pressure constantly. They did not help the United team at all. I think uh, De Gea certainly helped you out a lot. To De Gea be was unbelievable. He, he was unbelievable last night. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. There's there's a conversation going around about who plays in goal in the final. Why doesn't De Gea play in goal for the final? I mean, he's done everything in this competition to get us there. He's our cup goalkeeper now, apparently. But he should start in the final. If, if, Solskjaer, if Solskjaer starts Henderson in the final, I'm not sure I'll... I want to watch it that much because it's not fair on De Gea. To be fair, I didn't watch any of the games last night because I was too busy catching up on beat the chasers. But um, <laughs> I just think it's quite. Um, I just do, think it's quite. You're right. Uh, you're right. I think it's good that United got through. I mean, they're it was inevitable that they're going to get through after the first leg. Um, but it, without sounding like that sort of person, being a Chelsea fan, was kind of nice seeing Arsenal falter like that because we got a big up Villarreal to be on Luis's side as well from the whole podcast point of view. So That's true, that's true. We wanted to have a nice English-Spanish final, so at least Luis has something to cheer on for, you know what I mean, after <laughs> Real Madrid getting knocked out, you know? I was on Southern Wednesday, don't worry. <laughs> Arsenal were dreadful over both legs. There's no doubt about that. Last night, two shots on target when they were trying to win the game was horrendous. I, I watched both games, I decided I'd, I'd put the Arsenal game on the TV and had the United game on my laptop. So I knew the Arsenal game was technically more important. And when he made the tactical decision to take off Aubameyang and bring on Lacazette, when you need goals to win the game, why not take off one of your three centre-backs? To me, that made no sense tactically in the game. You need to score a goal. You leave Aubameyang on the pitch and put Lacazette up there with him. It made no sense. No, I mean, I mean, it's just a typical Arsenal display for this season, isn't it? Really, I mean, we we we've said how good Villarreal are, how how good Villarreal are. That's quite difficult to say. Uh, <laughs> and they, you know, they they certainly gave Arsenal a good run for their money, you know, and they were the better team at the end of it. But Arsenal really don't help themselves, do they at all? Think about where Arteta could be if he stayed as um, Pep's assistant. Yeah, I know. Champions League, wouldn't he? It'd be absolutely loving life, but instead, that that must have felt so good for Emery as well, just to be able to say just a big like "f you" to Arsenal as well. Big time. But we said it last time with when Tom came on. Um, If Arsenal had another performance like last week, where they were dreadful, they wouldn't get through. And I mean, I don't know what Pepe... Pepe is a body faint merchant. Okay. Oh my god! He was going through that game trying to sell people. 
getting nowhere, turning around, passing it back to the defence every single time. He, he, I don't, he's I don't got skills in his locker, but he just can't. Like, I don't know what the them. stats are if he actually did dribble past anyone, but I'd be surprised if he dribbled <laughs> past at least a person. Um, last night, the best performance on the pitch again was Gerard Moreno. He should have yes. got the goal. We just didn't take hold of the shot properly. But we can't not talk about Raul Albiol. I think the guy's 36 now. What a performance over both legs, keeping that attack quiet from Arsenal. Um, I think Arsenal should have capitalised when Chuka Kwesi, I think that's how you say his name, the right winger, when he went mm. off injured, stretched it off. That's a big loss for Villarreal going into the last couple of games of the season as well. But they should have, they really should have um, capitalised then. And, well, Coquelin as well. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, think he got, I think he got man of the match last night. Or he got touted for man of the match by the commentators. I think Karen Kearney said that that's the best performance she's ever seen him play at the Emirates. <laughs> Coquelin, uh, Capu. Great, they're all glory, isn't it, from the Premier League? So yeah. We love to see it. Villarreal really in the is. final. They're going to go to Poland. They're going to win. We'll have Man City v. Area in the Super Cup and everyone will be happy. I, I didn't even realise Alberto Moreno was there as well, to be honest. Yeah, I know. I saw him. That, that really surprised on. me last night when he came on. I was like, oh, hey, up. I was watching it. I was thinking, why the hell are they bringing Canelo Alvarez on the pitch? It, it looked like him. I was like, on the side of the pitch. It just looked like Canelo. I was like, what's he doing there? Oh, fight Saturday. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think another thing we have to add is uh, Thomas Partey was by far Arsenal's best player. Um, he, he's been solid for so many games now uh, in, in that midfield. He just, they, I don't think they play it tactically right. They, like, like you said with PSG, they went to attacking and with Arsenal, they're not defensive enough because let's be perfectly honest, their centre-backs are all dreadful. Their best defender is Kieran Tierney. And sometimes they play him as centre-back. Sometimes they play him as left wing-back. There's this just... Thomas Partey is the only cover that they have. They need, like, another defensive-minded player and yeah. a complete overhaul in the def- defence. You know, this is it the first time in something like 23, 24 years that they haven't made uh, a European... Yeah, they, they haven't made a European competition, no. And, uh, I mean... That, after Wenger got so much criticism for only making Europa League for, you know, however many years, the, the downfall that Arsenal have had and, and, you know, trusting the process with Arteta, it's really gone south. I'm sorry, like, you're never really going to win a game south. if you're playing Xhaka at left wing-back. I don't care what anyone says. How can you play Granite Xhaka as a left wing-back? Just stick anyone there. Stick another goalkeeper there. And then you, you, you'll come June, he'll play against Italy, Wales, Turkey. And he'll, he'll be world-class. He'll be world-class. He'll, world class, he? he'll be the best midfielder on the park in every game because that's what he'll do. I don't think he likes Arsenal that much. I mean, he gave up the captaincy, stormed off on a tantrum. He could, he could go further. I don't see Arsenal keeping many of their star players next season. Why is Aubameyang and Lacazette going to want to play... No European. Well, they're gonna, and, where are they going to go? Who, who's going to win? But I think some of their younger players. I feel sorry for for Saka and Smith Rowe and people like that. You know, and also Martinelli because he's been yeah treated unfairly this season. I think the issue is though you're saying um, Lacazette and Abame are going to leave at, at the end of the season, but they're the players that aren't performing to get Arsenal to where yeah. they need to be. <laughs> so why would people be like? I know it's because. Of their names, but why would people be interested in them if exactly. they can't perform at Arsenal? 
You're not wrong. I mean, I can't see anyone wanting to sign for Arsenal this summer. Erdegaard's going to have to leave. There's no way he is staying there. No oh, way in hell. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Is, is Ceballos still on loan or is he an official Yeah, signing? he's going back or so. Yeah, he's going back. That's two of their best players gone. They've got David Luiz. He's 900 years old in the centre-back. There's, there's nothing that team... That, that team is not going to go any better next season. If anything, they will finish lower down the table. Because when you've got teams like Leeds, Villa, Everton, those teams are playing better football than Arsenal and will finish above Arsenal consecutive years now if Arsenal carry on playing the way they are. I remember when Bellamy re- rejected Barca. What a dick. Saying, oh, yeah, Arsenal, all this and that. Well, sorry. No problem, mate. Sorry. <laughs> he, he, he has he fought, he, he, he he did that one. He's one. I'm not bitter at all. Seriously fallen off. Seriously fallen off over the yeah, last. But his, in, his injury didn't help. It didn't know. But one of the best players for Arsenal over the past few weeks has been Mohamed El Nenny. <laughs> and, and you know when you when when it comes down to El Nenny being one of your best players, you know you're in trouble. And he didn't even play. Like no. he didn't. He didn't play yesterday. Why not? He's he's literally your most informed player. He's been your best performer over the past couple of weeks. Why would you not play him in a semi-final? Where you know. need a goal. Do you know what? I'm exactly. Looking, I'm looking at the um, Premier League table right now. Arsenal have won two in the last five, and Villa and Leeds can both. Villa have a game in hand, and they're one point behind. Leeds are two points behind. Arsenal might not even finish in the top half of the table this season. Does it already, doesn't it? That is absolutely horrendous. And they have too much faith in Arteta. And I've seen it on, on Twitter today and yesterday that he Kronky doesn't actually look at the games. Arteta just sends him fake trophies in the post. Like, <laughs> something has to be going wrong there higher up. Like, Edu, why has he not dropped down and spoke to Arteta and been like, you've got to sort of something out? Because they've got world-class players. They've got good, mm. like like you said, Kieran Tierney, Bakaya Saka, Martinelli, Abamyang, Lacazette, Xhaka, David Luiz. They are all, at one point in their career, been world-class players. Leno, I mean, he's been unlucky. He would have been Germany's number one keeper his whole career if Neuer didn't exist. Yeah. Or Terry Sagan. But, um, that, that shit, I was at Barca. <laughs> related it back to like the Europa League and Arsenal, I suppose you've got to give credit to Villarreal as well, though, like because they did keep them quiet. So I suppose their game plan worked to earn them that space in the final. And I don't think a lot of their players are going to be really around next year. Like, Paul Torres, there's no way he's staying. He, he'll be a Premier League centre-back next season. Someone will pay a lot of money for Paul Torres. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't... Chuka Kwesi, uh, Jared Moreno, he he might stay there because he likes Villarreal, but... The only player I see living is Paul Torres. Really? And, and just about... Because Real Madrid haven't got money to pay, so... If Real Madrid haven't got the money, then he won't leave. That's fair enough. That's definitely fair enough. I think that's enough uh, European talk this week. We've uh, been rambling on a long while there. I'm going to jump straight into our France national team five-a-sides. Woo! With a couple of subs. Sam, you wooed. I'm coming straight to you. All right. Well, um, yeah, okay. So I've got Barthez in goal. Yep. Um, I've got him because... In the 1998 World Cup, which France won and hosted, um, he won the best goalkeeper, conceded only two goals in seven games, um, and he's also won the Euros. Um, then this is going to be where everyone's going to be like, "Oh, I've oh, got, here we I've, go." I've, I've not got any centre backs in my starting lineup. Okay, um, <laughs> wait, hang on, what? <laughs> That's a lot of trust he's putting the goalie there. I'm going <laughs> yeah. straight into Zinedine Zidane. 
I mean, he just speaks for himself. 108 appearances, 31 goals. Got a World Cup, got a Euros, got a red card in a World Cup final that they lost to Italy. So that's just, you know, famous. Like, he's got that bit of aggression that we need in that little bit of defending area, you know. But he can attack too. Wait, you're sticking, you're sticking Zinedine Zidane as a CDM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we're just floating around, mate. And then I've got um, Will Tord. Um, he was just he was he was just a good player to watch, you know. Um, then Thierry Henry, I mean that just goes without saying. Yeah. And then Trezeguet because he just reminds me of that sort of player that like you know what what's that phrase that we like to use the streets won't forget or something like that in it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Some of that you know young slang. Um, and then my two subs, I've I've now got a defender in there just in case things go a bit peak <laughs> on. I've got um, Marcus Desailly, Chelsea legend as well, you know. Um, and then, Marcel. Uh, um, oh, yeah, Marcel, that's the one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Olivia Giroud. Olivia yes. Giroud. Yes. Yes. You are a joke. Come on. <laughs> Second, you are a joke. Yeah, you know what? I'm the highest goal scorer. I'm in the caps appearances. You know, sick. <laughs> sick. And wait, wait how, how, many, how many goals has he got for France? Uh, 44. He's got more than Zidane. Let's not forget Sudan retired from international football after the 2004 Euros and only came back for the World Cup. Oh, shit. Yeah. Retiring. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's, yeah. A, that's a cracking team. So I'm shout. I didn't, I didn't expect to see Will Tord uh, and Trezeguet spoken about today. Um, Jack, I'm going to come to you because uh, you haven't prepared it. So let's see what you've got. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I've managed to, in, in like talking about Champions League, I managed to muster one together. There we go, then. So um, I've also gone for Bartes in goal, yep. exact same reasons as Sam. I'm not as mental as Sam is, so I've actually put a defender in there. <laughs> I've gone for Lilian Taram, France's Ooh. all-time cap leader, had to, had to be in there, unbelievable player um, in his career. You know, he could play all across the defence uh, without any problems. Uh, I also went for Zidane because it goes without saying. But I also went for a defensive midfielder. I went for uh, Emmanuel Petit in there as well because he nice. was an absolutely unbelievable player as well. Uh, and also, you know, Chelsea legend as well. Uh, I also went for Trezeguet up top uh, because, you know, everyone's going to say Henri. Um, but there's another name that I'll, I'll, I'll mention, but only if no one else mentions it. Because okay. it's, it's a name that really iconic French player. But on, on, on the... Serious boy... <laughs> yeah, I know, mate. Um, but on the bench, I've gone for Conte and Golo Conte because I was thinking I would put Makaleli in there. But there was a quote from Makaleli a little while back saying uh, people shouldn't should stop calling it the Makaleli role, start calling it the Kante role because the role's made for him. Yeah. So I've got to put him in there. Uh, and me and Sam, you know, we know ball. We both got Giroud in there. Come on! <laughs> Unbelievable player. Fair enough, Costa. There's been a lot of um. Oh, he's just sneezing. There we go. A lot of head shaking from you. Go on, give me your team. Head shaking? Oh, not such thing. <laughs> um, I'm a classic man. Uh, sorry, I got to see. <laughs> there we go. I'm sorry. Hey, hey people, it's that time of the year. Um, I have Bartes in goal, who won the and World the... Cup and the European Championships in goal. I have the the player that should have won the Ballon d'Or in 2018 after winning the Champions League and the World Cup in Rafael Varane. Ooh. 
know good what? shout. I did not think about Varan one bit. I didn't think. People That's like you, shout. millennials, is the reason why he didn't win it in 2018. <laughs> he may play for Real Madrid, but he is a hell of a player. <laughs> and he's been there for 10 years now. And he's only turning 29 this year. So it's... Oh, the man's got at least a fair few more years uh, at the top level. Uh, then I have Lilian Turam, who also won the World Cup and the European Championships with France. Uh, then I have some some bloke called Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. Yeah. What can what more can we say? Uh, at the headbutt in 2006. Awful, that, awful manager. <laughs> that header against uh, Brazil in the World Cup final in Saint-Denis. Uh, yeah, not much more from him. Uh, David Trezeguet. Euros won the World Cup. Not much more to add that you haven't said. Then in my bench, I have uh, the player that at one point was the greatest ever French player in Michel Platini, winning Ooh. the 84 European Championships. Nice. Obviously, a bit rusty, so give him a run out, out there <laughs> on the bench. And then I have Lizarazu on as my second son. Oh, my. Oh. That is a shout. Mm. I'm a classic man, so <laughs> that's my team. I like it. Baran out there with the my youth. God. Fair enough. So, yeah. Lewis, I'll chuck it over to you. Well, I, yeah, that's very good. I don't know how I can follow that, really. Mine's a bit sort of average, to be honest. I, well, you, might, you might not say it is, but um, I've gone for a different goalkeeper. I've gone for Hugo Lloris, because uh, I just think he's pretty solid for France. And obviously, he won the 2018 World Cup with France. So, I mean, you can't deny Bartis is probably one of the best. Yeah. Um, I've also gone for Leon Turam, centre-back. I mean, says it all really, doesn't it? I mean, we've already covered why he's one of the best. And also the most capped French player of all time, 142 caps. Um, I've gone for someone different in midfield. I've gone for Patrick Vieira because uh, I think he's just a a generational player. I mean, you know, with Arsenal with 2004, Invincibles, that sort of stuff. And also uh, World Cup winner in 98, 2000s Euros. Yeah. I've also gone for Zidane. We've, we've covered Zidane. Uh, and I've also gone for the basic one, Thierry Henry up front. 51 goals, 123 caps. It's pretty good, isn't it, really? Um, I've gone for someone different on the bench as well, and I think he might be in yours, Harrison, but um, I've gone for Eric Cantona. You bunch of yeah. shithouses! Oh, <laughs> none of you put him in your main team. Honestly. That, 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 was, that was the name that. I was thinking of. If you can bring Cantona off the bench, it's just a proper shithousery yeah. he brings, isn't it? You know? this. Jack, is that the player you were going to That is the player that I was thinking okay. of. Yeah. Well, there you go then. <laughs> and then I've, I've also gone for McAnally as well because, I mean, Jack, you, you summed it up really. He was a player of a generation for Chelsea. So, And also, you know, that defining role as well. So, there you go. Well, I'm going to come to my team now. I obviously have to go for the Man United legend, which is Fabian Barthez in Barthez, goal. Yeah. Two fags in each hand. He still save every single shot coming at him. Uh Going to have to go for another Man United legend. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Left back. Probably the oh. greatest ever left back, Patrice Evra. Very, very, very good. Won loads of trophies <laughs> at Man United. He's a well, well He's just been player. a dad again. I just saw on his social media, he's been a dad again. So, oh. congrats to him. Fair enough. There you go. Congrats, Evra. Then, I'm going to chuck one in there for Zinazin Zidane. I mean, what else can we say about Zizou? He's one of the greatest footballers of all time. 
just in front of him, playing behind the striker, you've got Eric Cantona. 45 caps, 20 goals. He won everything at United. I, fantastic. One of my favourite players of all time. Wish I got to see him live. Harrison, you do realise this isn't a United five-a-side. All right. Just, yeah. <laughs> Mik- Mikhail <laughs> Silvestre, Louis Saha. Martial. <laughs> <laughs> By taking the piss, like, I, did, <laughs> I did write. I did write down a Man United one. So I, you'll see when you get to my bench, there might be a couple more in there. Um, up front has to be Thierry Henry, probably one of the greatest strikers of all time. Easily one of the Premier League's best players. Um, I've then gone for Laurent Blanc. Yes, he's a Man, oh, United, yeah, here we go. Man United. Okay, but. You can't fault how good of a centre back Laurent Blanc was. Yeah, no, I was torn between him and Turam. Yeah, yeah. That, this, honestly, that was on my bench. I had either Blanc or Turam, and then one player no one's mentioned. Paul Pogba. No, no. <laughs> I was looking at Didier Deschamps, but mm-hmm. I went for Frank Ribéry. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, yeah. very interesting. He may have had the issues with the French national team, so he didn't get as many appearances as he should have. All the issues with like, and again another one, Benzema. None of us have said him, but then again, see anyone that went to that 2010 World Cup, I don't, I don't think they deserve to be on that list unless they actually done anything with France beforehand. That's the so, thing. Like, I, I would have. There's players that you could put in there that haven't played for France or haven't played enough game for France that could have like Cancel- Martial. Fuck off, <laughs> you Martial shit. <laughs> but no, I'm putting Ribery in there because. He was part of the greatest Bayern Munich team of all time. Uh, that, uh, there's um, there's uh, one I'm surprised you didn't say, Luis. And that's uh, Abidal. Yeah, he... I mean, Abidal. he did play in the 2006 World Cup, but he, I don't think he had that much of an impact compared to... I suppose he was more of a club man than an international man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's he wasn't lucky not to win anything. Get, you know? To be fair, there's one massive legend none of us have said, and that's um, just Fontaine. I mean, oh my I, God. I, I see Costa. I thought you, when you said you were going old school, Costa, I thought you were going to put him in. I completely forgot about him. He got anyway, 13 just, goals. Uh, he got 13 goals in the 58 World Cup. Like, I think that's still the record now for most goals in one uh, World Cup. Yeah. Well, it might, might be. Enough. I think Miroslav Klose overtook him, though. I think. No, as it, in one World Cup. In oh, one oh, World in, Cup. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, Luis, is that the hay fever or are you crying that you forgot to put him in your team? <laughs> both, mate, both. I am suffering. I think just to confirm though, lads, my team will beat all of yours because if we're pulling quotes out like Jack did, then the only way to beat a team is by outscoring them. And if you play with the team that I have, you are outscoring any team. I think that's fair. You've got the absolute psychopath of Bartes in goal who's just going to come out and just beat everyone after they go near the goal. And then you've got your other four are just going to be running every team ragged. My <laughs> team's got speed. I CDM now. I just, I just want to see it. <laughs> and then me and Sam both have goals on the bench in Olivier Giroud. You know, he's yeah. going to score. He, oh, he, unbelievable. World-class player. Greatest French striker of all time. You Wait, that's, that, that, <laughs> that's the clip that's going on Twitter. That's the clip. That's the clip. <laughs> Love it. <All> right. <laughs> I think you know what we're going to call it there. That was a that was a cracking episode, lads. Thank you, everyone, um, for listening in, and we'll be back at uh, the same time next week.